0: Welcome to the Any Given Day podcast, your ultimate destination for all things college football. Join your hosts Hunter and Zach as they dive into the thrilling world of college football from the perspective of the fans. From game previews to post-game analysis, they will bring you the latest news, insights, and stories that make this sport so captivating. Join them every Tuesday and Friday as they explore the traditions, pageantry, and unforgettable moments that define college football. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting into the game, get ready for a wild ride with the Any Given Day podcast. Welcome Excellent. back. Jesus.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a fun yeah. day. I got my Rome brave hat on. We're just, we're just, we're, we are.
0: We are ready for it. We are, um, we are so ready, but so unprepared. So unprepared. <laughs> Got a, a decent bit to get into today. A lot of exciting games happened this weekend. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll start off with a question that's kind of been circling, you know, the news since the AP poll came out. Should Georgia still be ranked number one
1: as of this moment? Yes, only because who? Who else? Because. I, Everyone's been saying, oh, maybe Washington should be ranked number one. They struggled and only won by a touchdown over at Arizona. Uh, right. Granted, Michael Penix is still lying it up. I thought he – I think 363 yards, if I remember correctly. I looked at the stats e- earlier.
0: Yeah, I believe but
1: so. But no touchdowns, but no interceptions either. So, I mean, just yardage. Which, which right. is – it works. But, uh, I mean, you could put Texas, but are we just going to – Gloss over the fact that, you know, a few weeks back they almost lost to Wyoming.
0: Right. And even Texas in this game, though the I mean, we'll get into more into that later, but I mean oh, the box score looks like they blew out Kansas. And in the end they did, but it was only a twelve point game going into the fourth quarter. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like it was in hand all game. So I don't really see a team that's claimed it. It's like we talked um earlier in a, in a couple episodes ago this year there isn't a clear number one there is no elite team there is no you know powerhouse team this year so far anyways nobody's taken that spot so yep i mean yeah there's an argument for georgia not to be number one but there's also an argument for every other team in college football not to be number one so Mm.
1: it's it's year of the upset once again or maybe not year the upset so much as just it's going to be it's going to be very 2007esque it's going to be you don't know who's going to win you will not know until the end of the season and even then it still could be a toss up right i think georgia has they still have the most talent and depth of talent It's just if they can get everything clicking. If they get everything clicking, then they very much could just run away with it later on in the year. Do I think they will right now?
0: Probably not, but obviously. I mean, this may be a a little hot take, but personally, I don't love preseason rankings at all. I don't think we should have any rankings. It's never going to happen because of TV Oh, and yeah. they they have to have a reason for people to tune into games. Yeah. Oh, but they, I don't yeah. think right. I mean, I don't think there should be any rankings until the college football playoff rankings come out in what, week four? After week four.
1: No, it's week four. It's like we just week got them like seven week five right Yeah, so it's like week what week seven? Yeah. Seven or, seven or
0: eight. Yeah. Seven 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 or eight? Eight. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think we should have any rankings until those rankings. Because those are the only ones that matter anyways. These rankings right now, Georgia being ranked number one has no bearing on the college football playoffs at all. Yeah, yeah, These rankings like, matter nothing. It, they don't at
1: all. It's just like, you know, Ohio State being ranked number nine and Lou Holtz's Super 16 poll. Um, Petty's all get out by Lou. Love yeah. that. Love that. I, I, this right. is the kind of food that college football needs. Lou Holtz versus the entirety of Ohio State. Right. Give give me Lou in that matchup.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of a whatever point. Like I said, these rankings don't even matter at this point, so it doesn't really matter who's ranked number one right now until we get those college football playoff rankings. So, yeah. Yeah, speaking of Georgia, um, they had a real tough game this weekend against Auburn. It was a dogfight. Um, probably should have been not as close as it was, but Auburn did a really good job of disguising their running game with their quarterback. Um, Obviously, if you look at this final score, I mean, it's 27-20 uh, Georgia. It looks a whole lot worse than it – I mean, it looks a whole lot closer than it probably should have been. I mean – yeah. I said Peyton Thorne only threw for 82 yards, but it was a – I mean, Auburn did a really good job disguising that running game with the quarterback. Georgia really didn't do a good job stopping that running game. Yeah. Um,
1: 200 yards for the first time in five years, I think. So So we are very much in a – yeah, Georgia – sorry, halfway distracted trying to – to everyone who is watching this post live, we're trying to go and share it, we're trying to get everything started up. Anyways, it's it was not the best day for Georgia's defense, and I think they might have put some things on display that they did not want on display but are now there. So they got to go get that figured out. Um, but when you really look at it, I, I think what saved them was Carson Beck and – I know a lot of people are still calling for his job and everything, but you can't. He threw an interception. I I, I will say that. But if you go back and you see that interception, nothing him or the wide receiver could have done. They were both where they needed to be.
0: It was great coverage, yeah.
1: It was was great coverage. Great coverage. I, I will give that to that kid all day. Uh he he played his ass off, man. You know, he did 313 yards. He, yeah. He was so poised in the pocket. So poised. Uh, just, he did not let it rattle him, and you would have never guessed that it was his first SEC road game.
0: Right. It, I uh, mean, <laughs> obviously, I mean, Brock Bowers helped him out a lot. I mean, eight oh. receptions, 157 yards. I mean... Everybody in that stadium knew Brock Bowers was getting the ball there in that last quarter, him. the last two drives, and it, Auburn couldn't do anything to stop him. He's just yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and that's another thing. That's another thing. You still have people calling for Bobo to be fired already, or or take, have to play calling duties taken away. All the all this stuff. Everyone knew the ball was going to Bowers, but he still got schemed open. Right. But no, Bobo, Bobo's not a good OC. he can't he can't Co all this stuff. Beck, like I said, that was his first road game in Jordan Hare, right of all places. You're down 10 to zero to start the game out of nowhere. And it did not rattle him. He stood in the pocket, took right. shots that probably weren't recommended to be taken, but just so he could get a pass off. Lo and behold, they those passes connected. He looked great. He was not probably
0: bothered. not. What now? No, <laughs> no I probably. Bro-
1: yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> uh, he was not he bothered. Did. Was not rattled. It just it. He was really impressive. Now back to Bowers, like you said, <sighs> he went off in the second half. Oh, yeah. Y- you saw the first half where where they had him, like, he was he was basically wide open for two plays in a row and Bowers threw the ball right at him, but both times, hey, credit to mm-hmm. defense. They somehow were able to get the stop. They came in out of nowhere, knocked the pass down, and it's so he was held to a very thin line first half second half though they found a way to go and scheme him up scheme up some ways to get him the ball and it was amazing I if he keeps going at the pace he's going he needs to at least be a finalist for the Heisman he needs to be one of the last four guys up for it
0: yeah no I agree um I don't think he will just because it's such a quarterback award um, but he should definitely be a finalist. I mean, he's he's on track to be one of the best players that's only played three years in college football with receiving yards. I believe he's got a shot to be second. He's probably not going to catch first place, which is Amari Cooper. He's still like 1,200 yards behind Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. But he's in third place right now. I want to say like 500 yards behind the guy that's in second place. So he's been one of the best football players in college football. Ever, oh yeah! Right now, so I definitely think he should be a, Heism- a Heisman contender. He probably won't be, but it will be a shame if he isn't.
1: It but, really will be. It, he he's such a freak, and you've seen it since his freshman year. He should he should definitely run away with a Mackey Award this year. He he'd be back to back Mackey Award winner uh, after this season's over if he keeps yeah. going at this pace. Uh, a argument could be made that he should be a back-to-back award winner for it already, and should be going into a back-to-back-to-back award-winning season. But it, things happen. It's it's whatever. Um, right. I think the surprising thing during this game was that they went, and Auburn went. I should say first off, Hugh Freeze took over play play-calling duty, which was right. Automatically should have been a worry for for Georgia fans,
0: uh, right?
1: The other thing was he was not afraid to go and have Peyton Thorne run the ball, right? And he was their leading rusher because of it,
0: right? I mean, Auburn had a really good game plan, a really good game, and they they definitely shouldn't be mad at this loss. No. Obviously, it's tough to lose by a touchdown when you've you got a chance to score as, as time's running out. Obviously. Anytime Auburn got in that third and long situation, they really didn't. They don't have that yet. Obviously, third and short, they're really, really good. It's really hard to stop Auburn in a third and short, second and short. Um, But I mean, they definitely shouldn't be disappointed in this. It it was a very tough game. They showed a lot of, you know, a lot of gumption, a lot of moxie to, to keep this close against you know number one team in the nation to come in here and have a tough fight. So. Which, Obviously, they shouldn't be disappointed.
1: Which, now, I do want to say, are, are they that good? Or is, are they that good? Is Georgia that bad? Is Texas A&M that good? I There's no telling how it's going to go. Um, because they went to Kyle Field and they lost by 17 points, I think. Yeah. Which doesn't seem that bad, but it looked pretty bad. Right, it looked bad. Um, I. it's, it's astounding it, it truly is how everything could turn out in the west I have no clue who's coming out of the west LSU just lost uh, to Ole Miss we'll get into that a bit later A&M might be the best shot at this
0: point to come out there is only two teams in the west that don't have a conference loss and it is Texas A&M and Alabama are the and only that's, two? That's the only two teams the in the West history. that don't have a conference loss, and they play each other this week. Yeah, so we'll oh. see this week who's going to be the team to beat in the West. Yeah, um,
1: and and Alabama has to travel to uh-huh. Culmination. Um, that that's that's, that's a tough to one. Oh yeah, oh, um,
0: I I, uh, I know you like to rant about soft shell coverage, but I have a rant. Oh, no. I wish teams would stop trying to run short game runs. I mean, Auburn had the ball on the uh, like on the five yard line, six yard line, third and one. They're gonna run a a run play up the middle from the shotgun. Then they get to fourth and one and run a run play up the middle in the shotgun. Quit running short short yardage plays from the shotgun. Line up under center, do a QB sneak, or hand the ball off under center. Quit starting yourself off five yards back. You turn a one-yard run into a five-yard run. It makes zero sense against an athletic defense like Georgia. And Georgia couldn't stop the quarterback run all day. All day, they couldn't stop the quarterback on, run on, on, the edges,
1: on the edges. On the edges.
0: On the edges. And Man, instead of trying to do something like that, instead of trying to do something like that in a third and one in your in the red zone, no, 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 They hand it off to the running back up the middle. It makes zero sense. Zero sense. Auburn should have gotten points there. Definitely should have kicked a field goal. This is a whole different game possibly if they kick a field goal there. But what do I weird. know? I'm not Hugh Freeze. I'm not a college football head coach. Apparently I'm just an idiot. But quit running short run plays from the freaking shotgun. You're turning a one yard run into a five yard run, it makes no sense.
1: You know who uh you know who probably could have scored from there? Or who, who? could have won the first down on from shotgun? Especially after this past weekend? Ray hey.
0: Davis. <laughs> Ray Davis. Yeah. I mean he had a fantastic game against Florida. I mean, two hundred nine, 280 yards, Yep, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, 209 in the first half. He broke so, a 75-yard run. Yeah. I mean, Florida really just didn't have an answer for him. I mean, you know, it's like we were talking earlier. If you look at the quarterback stats for this game, I mean, Graham Mertz threw for 244 yards, two touchdowns. Devin Leary only threw for 69 yards. So, you look at that, you're thinking, uh, Florida should have won this game pretty handily. No, no, no. You forgot to look at Ray Davis and what he did. I mean, Kentucky... Devin
1: Devin Leary did not need to go and uh, make as many completions. He only went 9 for 20. uh, And that's because Ray Bon, Ray Davis, carried the load for the team. So, it, it... It does beg the, the question though. So Florida runs uh the same front that they run a mint front with four down linemen. It's the same basically the same defensive design scheme ish that Georgia runs. So I am curious about how Georgia is going to handle that next week. Because yeah. You've got someone who's very much... In Florida's D.C., they are very much trying to go and run the same defense that Georgia runs. It's a great defense defensive scheme to run. It's worked. Uh, but they do not have the same knowledge that Glenn Schumann, Will Muschamp, and Kirby Smart combined have of that defensive scheme. So I think right. if you a- can find a way to go and see what Kentucky hit to go and tear through that defense and fix it, it will be Georgia and those three.
0: Yeah, Um, I agree. I mean, at at this point, I got a question. Do you think that Billy Napier should be on the hot seat right now?
1: No, no. In no way or form should he be on the hot seat. This this isn't even halfway through his second season. Uh, I, I think depending on how things go from here... Then maybe you go and might make some coaching changes, maybe a different special teams coordinator. Oh my bad game changing game changer coordinator. Uh, <laughs> my bad, my bad. Uh, maybe make a change there. Just something will have to change, but I think Napier will at least get probably halfway through next season. He'll have halfway through next season. because next season is when in his first recruiting class should, in theory, be ready.
0: Right. I mean, um. I I well, just yeah. don't know. I don't know because he's nine and nine at at Florida right now, and I at no point should the head coach of Florida and should Florida be a team that is. I mean, unranked and losing this many games against teams that frankly aren't as or shouldn't be as good as in the, the, the amount of money and recruiting prowess that Florida should have and does have, they shouldn't be in games like this. They should be up there with the Georgia, Alabama. They were for years. They, Obviously, they be. Dan Mullen didn't leave Billy Napier in the greatest it's, position.
1: Exactly. Exactly what you said right there. Dan Mullen was not in any way, shape, or form good at recruiting those last few years.
0: No, he just didn't care.
1: He did not care. It's like, oh, I worry about, I'll worry about recruiting after the season's over.
0: No, you You worry about recruiting
1: all the time. Kirby Smart, Georgia, they, and Nick Saban and Alabama Mm -hmm. have this thing. It's called ABCs. Always be crudin'. Yep. And that is what's gotten them where they're at right now. Dan Mullen did not want to do that. I think if you were to go and if someone were to hire Dan Mullen as an OC and a quarterback's coach, I think that is the perfect spot for him.
0: Yeah, he'd be great in that position. He just, oh, yeah. he can't be a head coach because no, he just doesn't care enough about recruiting. He doesn't want to go do it. I mean, obviously he's had two chances with two different programs now. Obviously he did pretty decent with... Uh, Mississippi State there, but which got him the Florida job. But at Florida, he proved exactly why he shouldn't be an SEC head coach.
1: Although, I do wonder, I do wonder, how much of that was, oh, I'm the head coach of Florida. Who wouldn't want to come and play at Florida? How how much of that was the attitude once he got to Florida? Because I don't ever really remember seeing anything bad about his recruiting skills when he was over at Mississippi State.
0: Right, Um,
1: and in fact, he was able to find a lot of these quarterbacks that, you know, were just kind of no one really heard of. And now all of a sudden, one of right. them's a, the starting QB for the Dallas Cowboys. It's, right. it's kind of weird, kind of crazy, but a hell of a, a quarterback whisper extraordinaire. But yeah. you do, do I think Napier should be fired after this season? No. He's, like I said, no, I can see that, defensive. yeah. I. Like, one of the biggest things that rubbed me the wrong way a few years back was when Mississippi State fired Joe Moorhead after one season. They did not give him a chance. Now, granted, we got we got Mike Leach out of that. Right. And that was entertaining. And I'm so glad Mike Leach got to coach in the SEC. Right. He- Rest in peace. Ah. Rest in peace, Pirate. Uh, swing your sword, buddy. Mm. But I still do think Joe Moorhead was done wrong.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, moving from a uh, one head coach with an attitude to another. <laughs> LSU and Ole Miss, heck of a game, heck of a game. And I I thought there for a second LSU was going to destroy Ole Miss. It was like twenty one to seven into the first quarter. Um, and I know, obviously, we both picked LSU to win this game, and unfortunately, we're, we were wrong. I think I talked but you out of Ole Miss. <laughs> you did talk me out of Ole Miss. I was going to pick Ole Miss, and you talked me out of it. And, and that's
1: in first I remember place.
0: texting you. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, Ole Miss was up 21-7. to 7. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. And I remember texting you <laughs> and saying, I could kill you for talking me out of picking Ole Miss. Um, yes,
1: and then you sent me a middle finger emoji and yeah. threatened thread in do edit in that, oh yeah, I, I pick Ole Miss, yeah. oh uh,
0: yeah. And um obviously <laughs> LSU comes back and then Ole Miss comes back and wins it late. Um heck of a game. Jackson Dart had a heck of a game, three hundred and eighty nine yards, four touchdowns. Um Jay Daniels really good game <laughs> too. Yeah, and another one on the yard for on the on the ground for Jackson yep. Dart. Jane Daniels also had a really great game. So, I mean, both quarterback, it was no defense. There was zero yeah. defense in this game. More
1: of an offensive showcase than an actual football game. It, it looks
0: like a Pac-12 game instead of an SEC football game, but
1: yeah, and we'll get into the other pack well, I say we'll get into it, but <laughs> We'll get to some things later. Don't worry. Right. Quinjohn Judkins looked great. 177 yards. Mm -hmm. uh, Just insane. Uh, And he had two total touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. uh, Just, (laughs) it's insane. Uh, It's like no... Anyone who was on the offense, it was like, okay, you get a touchdown and you get a touchdown and you get a touchdown. Right. Hey, you can take two? Just, uh, you got Ulysses Bentley, the fourth. He almost had 100 yards. Uh, Trey Harris had 153 yards on eight receptions. That's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you had Jordan Watkins, who also had over 100 yards on five receptions. And that's just for Ole Miss. Right, My. and 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 they both had touchdowns, and then you had uh, another guy, Dayton Wade. He also had a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just, it was it was insanity.
0: It was truly insanity. It was crazy. I mean, did you see the play that Jackson Dart made with Quinshawn Judkins? Jackson Dart was wrapped up in the backfield for a sack, and did a little lateral to Quinshawn-Judkins and turned it from a five-yard loss to a one-yard gain, which would have I, put him out of field goal range. Jeez. I mean, no, it was I, I, a showcase. I, I,
1: mean, I think it was It was just, okay, this is why I should be one of the first-round quarterbacks. No, this is why I should be one of the first-round quarterbacks. Hey, I'm Quinshawn-Judkins. I think I'm a running back who could possibly get, get taken in the first round, theoretically. Right. I mean... It's insanity. You had, you had both teams had two receivers. Each team had two receivers that went over a hundred yards receiving. It was,
0: it's ridiculous. It, you don't see that. No, I mean it's ridiculous. But I mean one thing that did good that came out of this game, other than the offensive fireworks, was Lane and finally did get a signature win on the year, mm-hmm. and makes a lot of teams nervous that have to play them later in the year because this team's only going to get better. And LSU's only going to get better. I mean, obviously, this was a hard-fought win for Ole Miss, and LSU played their hearts out in this game. Obviously, two losses now. They're probably out of playoff contention. But if they run the table in the SEC, Ole Miss loses to to somebody else. I mean, Ole Miss loses to somebody else. It could definitely... Go their way. If LSU can beat Alabama later this year, it could definitely be down to these two teams later in the year. There really isn't a team in the West that can stake claim to that West champion right now. So
1: I I think the team to beat in the West right now is it's going to either be Alabama or A and M. Now, granted, they both have losses, um, pretty bad losses at that to Texas for Bama and Miami for AM now right. I, I do I do wonder how much of that was being the away team in both of those situations or not right. both those situations. Dear Lord Texas came into Tuscaloosa, it's Yeah awesome. I, Yeah, putting it kindly uh, right I, I just it's such a toss up in the West right now. I right. and it will literally be decided next week. But I, I do wonder what happens if Alabama does lose to AM and then
0: AM, A&M loses to LSU. LSU, yeah. Then it's just a toss up. Then it and could I, come I, down to LSU versus Alabama later in the year. Who knows? It's gonna be a toss up in the West this yeah. year.
1: Isn't Alabama and Isn't Alabama versus LSU in Death Valley this year? I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I no, it's in Tuscaloosa. So. It's in Tuscaloosa. They beat them. My bad.
0: In My LS, bad. Yeah, they beat them in Death Valley, yeah. Valley last year.
1: So that's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I do wonder how um, that will go. And I, I think, though, if Texas – or not Texas, dear Lord. It's late, y'all. <laughs> if Alabama loses to LSU – at Tuscaloosa, there there's there's gonna be some problems and some come to yes. Jesus in Tuscaloosa. Um, I agree. If they lose to A and M and LSU,
0: Oof.
1: then it's that means that that means best they can do is nine and three on a regular season.
0: Right, that's gonna be a awful year it's by Alabama standards. So, By
1: Alabama standards,
0: very much so. Yes. Yeah. So obviously, it's, we'll see how that plays out, though.
1: It, it's uh, going to be interesting for, sure. for sure. No one knows what's going to happen there. No. I don't know who's going to be in the SEC championship this year, and that is slightly concerning.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Alabama, we'll move on to Kansas versus Texas. Now, like we talked earlier in the episode, obviously Texas wins 40 to 14, but this game was not out of hand for Kansas until the fourth quarter. I mean, it was only a 12 point game going into the fourth quarter.
1: It, it makes you wonder how different things are if Jalen Daniels is playing, um, because he was out right. and he was not allowed to play because he was having back spasms. Um, I just, it, it makes you wonder how different the game is.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, from the looks of it, this week seems to have been the running back week with Jonathan Brooks having 21 carries for 218 yards.
1: Oh, Jesus, like two a touchdowns. running back who goes over 200 yards rushing. Yeah, I
0: mean he's two this week, so this is the week of the running back so far. But Are you kidding Texas definitely showed up late. They showed their resiliency there in the fourth quarter and pulled away. Quinn mm-hmm. Ewers had another good game. He could be a Heisman contender this year. Possibly. He's definitely improved and gotten better. A.D. Mitchell, really good game. Everybody already knew he was a good wide receiver, though. He showed up in the
1: national yep. championship last year for Georgia. 141 yards. I, I just – it's it's insanity, man. It is insanity. I, A.D.'s going to A.D. at this point. Right, but I think he's making an argument to be one of the top two, three receivers in the draft this year.
0: Um, I could definitely see that. Yeah,
1: it's just it's astounding.
0: I agree. Yeah, I mean, obviously Kansas Kansas didn't really have much to say with with Jalen Daniels out. There wasn't much they could really do to keep up with it. So,
1: no. Uh, Texas
0: 100%. big win for them. Obviously, both of them going into undefeated going into this game, and Texas come you know Texas goes in there and beats them pretty handedly. Obviously, it didn't look like that during the game, but it was a good game for Texas. Yeah. So
1: you know what? Also, didn't look um, as bad as the score says at first. What USC at Colorado?
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I. Again, another game. I checked the score at the end, you know at the first quarter, and it was twenty-one nothing, twenty-one seven, twenty-eight seven. I think it was twenty-eight to seven at the end of the first quarter. You it know, gets USC.
1: So, it got so out of hand so fast. Everyone just kind of turned away from it and was like, "Yeah, oh, it's over, it's over, it's over." Uh, and then yeah, and, and then USC proved why they're not actually a national title contender. They don't have yeah, a team I mean,
0: no. At all. That's like going
1: against a soft-shell coverage every single play.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you could say that USC's defense is – say it with me. Say it with me. Anemic. Anemic. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Anemic. I mean, like you said, I mean, I I turned this game on and it's 21-7 or something like that, and I was like, yeah, it's exactly what we thought, especially after last week against Oregon. We go, okay, this is going to get very out of hand because USC's offense is better than Oregon's offense, arguably. So mm-hmm. I was like, this, this is out of hand. I turn it off. I wake up the next morning and go, holy crap. It was 48-41, and, and Colorado had the ball with a chance to win it late. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: It, which I, I think that says a lot that the Colorado team did not give up on – uh they did not give up on Dion and they did not give up on this game. Um, it's just there. I, I truly do believe once Dion gets some more guys in there, they'll actually be a a real competitive team. It's just, it's not going to happen the first year, you know, it would. No. It, it, them shocking TCU like that, which granted, is it really a shock? We don't know. It's just, with how TCU played and how close a lot of their games were last year. Right. You, you could theoretically make a, a a call that, oh, they got lucky to get to the national championship. Right. But TCU beat them, and it started this entire media thunderstorm, and then Oregon put an into it, supposedly, and now I got no clue. You look at the stats, Caleb Williams threw for over 400 yards. He had an interception, but, I mean, that was – he had six touchdowns. Right. He had six touchdowns to one interception. Uh, I think you'll take that. Um, Oh, yeah. uh, Todd Washington was USC's leading receiver. He had 117 yards and a touchdown. And then then you look at Shadur Sanders. He went off in this game. Uh, You know, he had – Four touchdowns, an interception, granted, but still, four four passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, uh, three hundred seventy-one yards. So it he went off, (laughs) right? And then Omarion Miller,
0: holy crap! Seven receptions, receptions, almost two hundred yards. He was
1: four yards away from two hundred. I I just. And he only got one touchdown, surprisingly. You would think with that many, that, I mean, that much yardage, at least two, but.
0: Right. I mean, obviously you, you know, could you argue this game turns out differently if Travis Hunter isn't hurt and plays this Ooh. game? I think maybe. I, I think, think it could have. Good. I mean, I a seven point good. swing, Travis Hunter's probably worth about seven points. I Just say, the fact that he can do it on it both
1: out. sides. I'd say he's probably worth about 9 to 10 points at least Yeah. Of his wing. and And I've never knocked Travis Hunter as a player.
0: Really good player.
1: R- great player.
0: Arguably the best player in college football.
1: Arguably. You know, uh, between him, and if we're just going based off pound-for-pound pound player, between him, Brock Bowers, I think Harold Perkins from LSU. Yeah. Marvin Harrison from Ohio State. If yep. you're going based on actual best overall player and not just quarterbacks, those should be the four Heisman finalists. If Granted, Harold Perkins hasn't as much stood out this year as you would think, but I know I've seen him play. He's freaky.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... I mean, those are your best four players, so... Yeah. Obviously it's not gonna be them. It's gonna be probably Caleb Williams, Drake May. It's gonna be quarterbacks.
1: It's gonna be quarterbacks. And unless so, unless I, I would say unless uh Bowers or Harrison puts up a Devontae Smith like season. Right. Um who knows Travis Hunter once he's back, he might sneak
0: in. Just the fact he's doing it on both sides might get an yeah. end. But I I do have a, a statement though. Oh, what is that? Lincoln Riley is soft.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. That is very true. Very true. He is very much as soft as his defense.
0: Soft. <laughs> soft? I mean, very. I don't – I just don't like the guy. Yeah. At I, all.
1: But... It's hard, too. And, and what he did, how he left Oklahoma – which <laughs> just yeah. make it even worse. I, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't like him while he was coaching over at Oklahoma.
0: I mean, him and Ryan Day are probably the two least likable people I've ever seen on TV. And that's mm-hmm. saying a lot. So, yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate. But to speak about probably one of the most likable people I've ever seen on TV, Sam Hartman. Obviously yeah. if you didn't watch the Duke game, obviously there was a very bad injury at the final play of the game with Riley Leonard, very unfortunate. Prayers up for him. I hope he gets better, but they it, it, were interviewing Sam Hartman after the game and he didn't really care about this this interview. He wanted to get away from this interview and go check on Riley Leonard and make sure he's yep. okay. I yep. mean, he just wanted a dogfight against Duke and played his heart out and had a really good play at the end of the game, and he doesn't really care. He said, no, I want to go check on this guy make sure he's okay. Sam Hartman is one of the nicest people I've ever seen on TV. He's a great kid, and I wish him nothing but the best.
1: Yeah, and and so this isn't the first time they've faced (laughs) off against each other. Everything okay over there? Yep. Okay. Uh, (laughs) This isn't the first time they faced off against each other, but the last time they played against each other, it was like the exact— opposite stat-wise, like it was like 700 over 700 yards passing between the two uh that oh, was back that. when Hartman, yeah that was back when Hartman was over at Wake Forest uh so and and then you see this one and it's like uh they could they could barely barely score it was it it, it was a just it was a gritty game and Al Golden must have heard
0: me or someone <laughs>
1: I did not see a single shell coverage on that final drive.
0: Uh, apparently, though, Duke's defensive coordinator did hear you.
1: Yeah, Duke's, Duke's defensive uh, coordinator did not hear me.
0: Apparently yeah. not.
1: And he, he put out some shell coverage on a third and 14, which... Congratulations, <laughs> you lost by a touchdown, buddy.
0: I it's on People you. keep doing it. They need why? to listen to why? you. Why
1: Al Golden? Al Golden listened to me, and lo and behold, they win. They win. That's, <laughs> that's just, I, I just Al Golden learned. Whoever Duke's defensive coordinator is did not. They were not worthy of me knowing their name at this point because they chose to use this shell cover. <laughs> oh,
0: Jesus! Whoever I can't his not name press is, how much
1: I hate shell coverage.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> they sent four. They sent four guys. Lo and behold, they were pressuring Riley Leonard. Granted, hate it hate it that it ended up with being a high ankle sprain, which thankfully so he's going to be back this season. Um and it looks looked actually,
0: a whole lot worse.
1: It really did. It looked like it could have been like something like I, ligament with a knee. I
0: do not recommend watching the video of his no. injury if you No. Yeah, I, just, I no, wouldn't no. recommend it. At all, it's very. It looks rough. Just out of respect, at this point, really. Yeah, it looks really um, rough.
1: It. It's insane to think that Duke and Notre Dame put out this good, this great of a game. Um,
0: right.
1: I, you don't think of Duke as a football school. They're a basket. They're a basketball school. Right. But they put out one heck of a game. They put up one heck of a fight. And honestly, if Riley Leonard did have to get injured, this is actually a pretty good spot.
0: Yeah, because
1: they have a bye week next week, so it, maybe he's able to fight through the pain a bit and come back in two weeks. Doubtful, right. really doubtful. I I think if Elko's smart, then he, which he has shown that he's actually really good at his job. Yeah, I think, I think he's on the short list for the Michigan for the Michigan State job. Uh, him and Lance Leipold, they've both been great. And if Kansas and Duke are smart, they'll pay both of them a lot of money to stay.
0: Right.
1: Um, But I think Riley Leonard could be back. Um, I, I don't know when he'll be back, honestly, but I, I do think he'll definitely be back this season. Right. Thankfully, it was just a high ankle sprain. and
0: Right. I mean, obviously, you hope he gets better. It's You never want to see anybody get hurt and it's unfortunate but if they can get him back this year full you know fully healthy duke is going to be a problem in the acc this year oh yeah oh yeah they he's have only a junior their hearts out all year
1: he's a he's a junior this year right so i yeah i, I mean if he gets healthy and if he comes back next season duke could really be a problem
0: i could see that yeah i mean Duke has been really good this year. Obviously, they beat Clemson already, and, and they almost take down Notre Dame. Um, in a game, they probably could have won very easily if a couple and things go differently. So,
1: they don't use shell coverage,
0: and they don't use shell
1: coverage. Just saying, it is it is a very anemic looking defense. Just yeah,
0: sack.
1: there. I use your word for you. Thank you. <laughs> My word. My word for you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Notre Dame gets a bounce-back win after losing to Ohio State in heartbreaking fashion. They win in heartbreaking fashion for Duke. So
1: yeah, one thing, just Mike Elko has really turned that program around. And yes, if, he has. If Riley Leonard comes back next year, if Elko comes back next year, it could be uh, – Duke could be a dark horse to win the ACC. I, I yeah. think Up to this point, they have been the darker horse to win it. Uh, But they could really actually be a serious threat next year.
0: I could definitely see that.
1: Low-key bet them. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't know what their odds are to win it next year.
0: No. uh, I think
1: think the only other games we really need to talk about real quick would be Oregon State and Utah. That was... uh, that was very anti Pack
0: 12-ish. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I believe I talked you into picking Oregon State over Utah.
1: You did? Thank you for and that. Thank you for that.
0: <laughs> I wish I didn't because Oregon State First place. First place. handled that game easily it wasn't even close i mean yeah. utah didn't get into the into the end zone until the fourth quarter and again yes. like we talked leading into this game utah cannot be contenders without cam rising they have to have a back quarterback, quarterback. Mm-hmm. nate johnson is not the answer which eight, fair, eight for 2301 yards that's pathetic yeah
1: but you i will i will give them credit for this um He's not the quarterback on Utah that threw an interception.
0: <laughs> this is true.
1: So, uh, yeah, he. <laughs> it I mean, and it just... also seemed like it also seemed like he got a lot more of the reps, and they barely brought in the other one. So
0: that's how they've they been they, doing the last couple of weeks, or they last, tried. last week and this week. They tried. It's just right. they can't do this back and forth quarterback thing, and neither of the two quarterbacks seem to be the answer. So, without him yeah. Rising, I expect at least one or two more losses this year. Yeah. From them. It's... I mean, their defense is great, they just yeah. can't compete with high scoring offenses. Because I mean, they, do they play they, USC they later this year? Week. I assume they do. You, you, wait, who? Who do they play? USC.
1: USC. Oh crap! If you yeah. if you could put if you could somehow put USC's offense with Utah's defense on the team, there's there's a national champion. Yeah. Right
0: oh yeah.
1: That'd be yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. Oh, Utah's got to play. Utah does have to play USC later this year in three weeks. Mm-hmm. And they're not winning that game, I can guarantee you. They're not going to be able to keep Unless up with that Unless Cam Rising is there.
1: Unless Cam Rising but, is healthy by that
0: point. Oh, dang. Unless Cam Rising is healthy. They have USC and Oregon back-to-back.
1: Oh, there's one loss in between those two at least.
0: And then, holy crap, they got USC, Oregon... Arizona State, then Washington in a four week period and finish off the year to play Colorado. Holy oh, crap. There, there. I, I see at least three losses if Colorado can have it figured out by the end of the year. I see they four losses if Colorado can have it figured out. They are very much fornicated. Let's. Oh, very much so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, speaking uh, of Washington, though, I they, mean, they were, were in a they fight. Were a
1: fight. With Arizona.
0: <laughs> yeah, a team you don't ever expect. A, a foot, it's definitely not a football game. You don't expect Arizona gotcha. to be in a fight. Um, yeah, basketball, Nova, maybe. Football, Noah not Fafita? so much.
1: Well, is the quarterback for uh, Arizona? I think Who? that's how you pronounce it. Noah
0: Fafita. That's the yeah, quarterback yeah. for Arizona. Who? For Arizona. Yeah, yeah, I know. What's his name? Noah? I don't care what his name is. You should. He almost won. <laughs> nah, Washington had that in the bag.
1: Sure, they did. Sure, they did. I, I, who knows? Michael Penix Jr. might be the lead for uh, the Heisman, but that that looked a bit rough right there. Just... Again, if
0: you look at the stats, it looks like Washington should have ran away with this one, but they There's didn't. In it. I mean, anything can happen on any given day. Yep. So, we'll, um, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it was,
1: I was insane. But, now nah, we'll, it's like Bonner said anything can happen on any given day, and we'll see y'all on the next play.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Any Given Day podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us and being a part of our discussion. Make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can find us under the name Any Given Day Podcast.
1: Stay updated with our latest episodes and insights. And don't forget, the next episode will be out on Friday, where we'll dive into some of the big games coming up this weekend. Until then, keep the spirit of the game alive, and remember, in this sport, anything can happen
0: on any given day. See y'all on the next play.